This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. The other day, Heartland's H. Sterling Burnett was a guest on the John Steigerwald Show on AM560 The Answer in Pittsburgh. Sterling was on at the top of the program to talk about how climate alarmists are blaming the devastating fires in Hawaii on man-made global warming. Sterling explains how humans are the most to blame for the devastation, but not for the reasons being spun by the corporate media. Have a listen. Well, the death toll from the uh, fire in Maui could reach a 1,000, and if you've seen the pictures, that uh, that shouldn't surprise you. What also shouldn't surprise you is that the climate change hysterics are all over it and blaming it on man-made global warming. This apparently was caused by a flash drought, which is caused by global warming, which, according to some scientists, of course, is caused by human beings. H. Sterling Burnett is Director of Climate and Environmental Policy at Heartland Institute. He joins us now. Sterling, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me again. So how long did it take for you before you heard that this was caused by global warming, after you heard about the fire? Um, I think that I heard about the fire in a message saying that it was caused by global warming. Yeah. It, you know, look, climate alarmists are um, are a lot like uh, people who believe in gun control. They dance on the, not even the graves, in this case, the smoldering uh, bodies of those people who have tragically died in this fire. Uh, they claim every, of course, they claim everything is caused by global warming. Right. So naturally, these fires are caused by global warming. But of course, if you look at, the myriad underlying factors that have contributed to this fire, you'll see global warming has no role to play. Uh, a modest rise in temperature did not cause a flash drought. In fact, they don't have a flash drought. They have a dry season that happens every year. They had a very rainy spring and fall that built up a lot of grass, non-native invasive grass that the government's allowed to build up there after they abandoned fallow uh, sugarcane and pineapple fields on the sides of a mountain. That is the dry side of the island because of the prevailing winds. In the dry season, you have four to six foot high non-native grasses that dried out, and the government did nothing. They didn't clear the grass. They didn't cut the grass. They haven't replanted native grasses and, and trees and plants there uh, that wouldn't be prone to fire. They had been warned by their own state fire departments, that this was a hazard. And then something sparked it. So you have the fuel. You, it takes three things for a fire. Fuel, a spark, and, uh, uh, and, and oxygen. And they have all three. And then, to top it off, a hurricane north of the island sent winds across the mountains and down them at 60 miles per hour, and you get this terrible, terrible event. And so you say, oh, well, yeah, they could have prevented it if they cut the grass, but... Still, it's climate change. All these people are dead. That's never happened before. Well, uh, they have a very extensive, very extensive warning system on the island. They didn't even bother to set it off. Yeah, and so the climate alarmists, the hysterics, they're not going to let any of those facts that you just uh, threw out there affect their narrative. It's just not – that's not – all those things yeah, no, combined get in the way of a good story. Yeah, all those things combined 
may be true, but we still would not be talking about this fire, these fires, uh, if not for too many emissions over the last 50 years. That's that's what caused all this. That's what we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, if they had if they had cut if, if they had cut out all the fossil fuel emissions there, if they uh, you'd still have the fires. And the point is, they can't point. What they do is they point to what's called attribution studies, where somebody runs a computer model and says, "Could this have happened if it weren't for climate change?" And and the you know since they built yep. in the uh, conclusion before they run the analysis, you know what the outcome's going to be. In the end. There's a variety of factors, a large number of them human-caused, just not climate change. I mean, the grass buildup, that's human-caused, the, the government allowing that. The government not uh, listening to their fire professionals saying, look, we've had wildfires before. It could be really bad if we had another wildfire right now with this fuel buildup. They, did, they ignored it. They have an alarm system that they didn't set off, so people weren't warned in advance. Um. Those are all human factors, but not a single one of those human factors have to do with greenhouse gas emissions. Well, you, you would have to believe that what they're saying then is that if even if they had not changed what was growing on that side of the mountain, on that side yeah. of the island, if they still had the greener stuff there, the, the non-drying grass, that that this would have happened anyway. Is that, that's the only way this makes sense, right, is that... If you, if you don't yeah, accept that as a factor. Climate change. Yeah. For them to not blame climate change, you have to not have a hurricane. You need to not have uh, poor fire maintenance. You need to not have the grasslands. Uh, you need to, it, it wouldn't matter with the grasslands. It wouldn't matter if there was a hurricane blowing the winds. It wouldn't matter if this was caused by arson. I don't know that it's caused by arson. I don't think anyone knows yet what, yeah. what sparked the fire. But no other factors. You could have gotten rid of every one of these other factors, and you'd still have, you'd, you'd, to believe that climate change caused it, you'd still have the wildfire. And that's just not true. Well, they are saying You, take, it's, you take away any of those factors, and you don't have, if you take away the grasses and the spark, you don't have the wildfire. You take away the hurricane blowing the winds mm -hmm. at 60 miles per hour and more, you don't have it spread as fast as it did. You get the government involved with their siren system and their, uh, you know, fire uh, prevention and removal and treatment, you don't have the tragedy. The tragedy is due to these factors. Climate change is not a single one of them. Here's what Mary McNamara wrote in the uh, Los Angeles Times, quote, as terrible as the numbers and images emerging from the fire have been, it would be disingenuous to call it shocking. Climate change-related death tolls and community devastation uh, have become horrifyingly common. I guess I'd have to ask her where there's a single climate change-related death toll. Yeah, well, and, and, I'm, and by that, I mean, show me a trend line in increasing hurricanes. You can't. Well, she's, she's blaming show the hurricane me, on, you know, out there that you just described. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Climate change doesn't make a single season. Climate change is a trend. Climate happens over a number of years. Show me the trend. It doesn't exist. That means climate isn't changing the frequency or severity of hurricanes. That's just the – we don't find that. We don't find increasing frequency of wildfires or severity and scope of wildfires. In fact, wildfires are on decline globally, even amidst climate change. Is the, we don't have increasing drought. 
we don't have, you know, the point is you can go through every kind of extreme weather event. You won't find any trend line that shows over the period of recent modest warming, they are getting worse. And if that's not happening, then you can't blame it on climate change. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they won't. That doesn't mean they won't. They mm-hmm. will because they've got a story to tell. And for whatever, for whatever reason, they think they're getting out of it. But it's not the truth. Before we get to the rest of the podcast, I want to tell you about a great event coming up that you will not want to miss. The Heartland Institute's 39th Anniversary Benefit Dinner. It will be held Friday, September 8th at the Marriott Chicago O'Hare Hotel, a convenient place for people in Chicagoland, as well as people flying in from out of town. Our featured speaker is John Stossel, one of the few libertarians who has ever risen to the top of American media. He's the winner of 19 Emmys, a Peabody Award, and five honors from the National Press Club. You might remember this veteran of ABC News from the show 2020 back in the day, his show on Fox, or his popular YouTube videos. John has for decades been a tireless voice for liberty, exposing government abuse and overreach. His voice is needed now more than ever in the wake of a federal government that has grabbed vast new powers over our economy and our society. We are also honored to award former Illinois State Representative and gubernatorial candidate Jeannie Ives as the 2023 Heartland Liberty Prize winner. A West Point graduate, Jeannie has fought for liberty her whole life, and her time in public office was marked by strong conservative leadership and unwavering commitment to the taxpayer's bottom line. She now has her own radio show on AM560 to further the conservative message. You will not want to miss this chance to meet John Stossel and Jeannie Ives and hear their inspiring speeches to hundreds of your fellow lovers of liberty. Get your tickets today and join us September 8th to help support the Heartland Institute and our shared mission of protecting liberty and our precious constitutional rights. For more information, visit heartland.org or call 312-377-4000. Again, visit heartland.org or call 312-377-4000 for tickets. We hope to see you there with John Stossel and Jeannie Eyes for an unforgettable evening. You know, I don't know who this Mary McNamara is other than she's she's not a reporter. She's a uh, I'm assuming she's a columnist because she's you know, throwing her opinion out there about how we have to change our um, our opinions and our and our uh, the way we live in order to prevent global warming, but. See, and this is the thing, and we're talking to H. Sterling Burnett. He's Director of Climate and Environmental Policy at the Heartland Institute. Um, you know, you hear all the time, and I believe it, that so much of this hysteria and uh, so many of the demands about changing the way we live in order to save the planet are just based on government uh, bureaucrats and people uh, who love government control wanting to be able to have more control. But I, I just, uh, there, there Sterling, there have to be a lot of people out there— I'm not, and again, I don't know who Mary McNamara is, but I have a feeling that she's not writing this because she wants to control me. She believes this. Oh, I believe there's a lot of people that believe it. They've been, you know, look, brainwashing can be effective. Mm-hmm. When the Associated Press receives millions of dollars from six foundations that have been pushing the climate change narrative for 30 years, specifically to hire reporters to report every day around the world on climate change, you're going to get a lot of people reading about climate change. And a lot of people who don't have the time, you know, I, I, I admit, I, this is my job, so I have time to research their claims, to look at the evidence. Not Most people don't, right? They yeah. get off work, they come home, they, 
They have their dinner, they grab their beer, they spend time with their kids, whatever. But they're, what they're not doing is researching whether what they're hearing on the news is true. And as far as the government, look, all I know is this. When it was global cooling, the answer was bigger government. When oil was running out, it was a bigger government. When we have to, we're using too much oil, the answer is bigger government. When it's warming, it's bigger government. The answer is always bigger, more intrusive government, no matter what the problem is. And that should tell you something right that right there. If the if the if the answer, no matter what the problem is, is the same, then what's really behind it is the conclusion: bigger government. Yeah, and there are plenty of uh, government people out there right now. Uh, I don't know if, if Joe Biden has uh, has uh, checked in on this yet. He was at the beach, and I, I don't think he knew what day it was yesterday when they asked him for a comment on it. Um, he looked like <laughs> he either didn't know it. This is a little off the subject here, but this is the president of the United States, and somebody yells to him, uh, Mr. President, do you have anything to say about the rising death toll in Maui? And he says, no, smiles and says no comment. And my wife said to me today, well, maybe you didn't hear him. And I said, well, yeah, that's worse. If you're the president of the United States and somebody <laughs> yells something out at you from a crowd, you don't say no comment. He might have yelled out that, that uh, you know, the Russians have uh, invaded Milwaukee. And he says, I have no comment on that. So he but I'm guaranteeing he's going to come out with something here, right? He's going to he's going to well, he did. He, remember just last week he was saying he declared. First, he said he had declared a climate emergency. Oh, that's and then right. He backed yeah, off yeah. and said, "No, no, no. Essentially, I declared a climate emergency." And someone said, "Well, are you really going to declare a climate emergency?" And so, some of my colleagues think this week around Wednesday, he's going to do just that. He's going to he's going to declare a national emergency for climate change, and it's going to lead to bigger government and more lockdowns, because that's the ultimate goal. I mean, remember, if your ultimate goal is bigger government. Everything's a problem, and every problem, the solution is bigger government, and that's what they're behind. You know, that's what they're behind. I, it, I'll, I'm with you. I'm fearful that we have a president we do, and not because he's got a D behind his name, but because he seems so incompetent. If I was a world leader, if I was Xi or Putin, I would laugh every time the guy comes on. No, this is who I'm up against. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the stumbling bumbler, hair sniffer in chief. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's scary that that uh, this is who the American people chose, you know. So uh, it, 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 it frightens me. You know, this is a guy who who claims he he met with all his son's business partners, but he claims he knows nothing about his son's business. Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem very informed. No. It's uh, and that's about a personal matter. And that's about a personal matter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how he's, much, he's either, how much less informed is he about the real science of climate change? He is not. He is informed by whoever's standing next that's to his right. yeah. shoulder at the time, whispering in his ear. And that's why he said no, no comment because he couldn't speak uh, to it because he he hadn't had anybody tell him what he's supposed to say yet. Well, even when he's on stage at these press conferences, he starts to field questions. And then he says things like, oh, I'm told I can't answer questions. Yeah. You're the president of the United States. Someone's <laughs> going to tell you you can't yeah. answer questions? Yeah. Uh, That's a little scary. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you mentioned the Associated Press. Uh, as You said they – so they have uh, – Anthony Watts of your organization was quoted in a piece I saw today about that, about the Associated yeah. Press. Um, and, and they have – 
So they have taken lots of money, and uh, they figure they got the only way they can justify the money they're bringing in is to have people all over the world scaring us, right? Yeah, no, I mean it's it's amazing that they they had a they had a big announcement about a year ago, maybe a, a little over a year ago, had a big announcement saying we're getting this huge grant from these six foundations specifically for one thing, climate change. Not good news, not transparency to to carry stories around the world about climate change. Now, if someone pays you to cover climate change, you're going to cover climate change. Mm-hmm. And if someone pays you to call it a climate crisis, you're going to call it a climate crisis. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. And, and that's and that's a news that's supposed news organization as opposed to an advocacy organization. But on this topic, they have become cheerleaders and advocates. And what are they cheerleading? Bigger government, ending fossil fuel use. And um, I, I don't know if there's going to be, as you mentioned, we don't know if there's if arson is an issue here. But no, uh, we are hearing. That uh, oh, and by the way, um, what's her name? Mary McNamara. She said, uh, "If um, she said if this tropical well, after she talked about what happened in Maui, she she made reference to what was happening out in our west with the fires out west, and she blamed the same thing on that. Uh, so it's everywhere, and it's it doesn't change. It's uh, they're sticking with that narrative. But here's what she said. She says, "If this is the kind of hysteria that you get." If this tropical island paradise where, where so many of us have some of our best memories can burn, how can anywhere be safe? It can't. That's what she, that was the last sentence of her piece in the Los Angeles Times, and I'm guessing 98% of the people who read that out there are nodding their heads in agreement. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's true when you have fuel buildup and, and poor management, you're not safe. If you build, if you move to the nuisance, as they do in the West, where people move higher and higher up in the hills and farther and farther into the forest, and then they don't, because they like trees, they don't trim their trees and keep their brush out, you're, you're at risk because the West is fire prone. However, had she bothered, once again, to look at data and facts, she'd find that right now the United States is having less than a quarter of the area burned than it has historically. One quarter. The fires in California aren't nearly as bad as they were recently or in the ancient past. So had she bothered, she'd find that these fires aren't that unusual in the West this year. Now, another, you know, they could have pointed to Greece, right? Greece had a real problem recently with fires. And almost all of them they have determined were set by arsonists because they were starting at the same time in various different places. It was some, some kind of coordinated arson thing. Oh. Yeah. I don't know how you how you prevent wildfires in a dry area with a lot of fuel with arsonists intent on starting fires. <laughs> uh, it's the same old thing. Hey, uh, Sterling, I'm, I'm always uh, glad to have you to lean on for this stuff, and uh, I have a feeling we'll be leaning on you again shortly. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you having me on. Take care, sir. Okay, that's H. Sterling Burnett of uh, the Heartland Institute. We'll be right back. <laughs> 